Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, I'm joined by Steve Dimmick. Steve helps entrepreneurs with a message become a best-selling author so they can grow their business and be seen as an expert. As an internationally best-selling author himself, Steve runs the Book Mastery Academy, where he guides his clients on a journey to unlocking the true potential of their business. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, well, thank you. It's great to be here, Millette. Before we jump into more about your business, I would love it if you would tell us a little bit about who you are and maybe some of the things you like to do when you're not working. Well, sure. Um, let's see. I, let's see. I love traveling. Um, my wife and I currently live in Florida, uh, right near the beach on the Gulf Coast. Um, we both were not born in the USA. Uh, we were both born in England and, we met in England, and we have traveled together all over the world. We've lived on three different continents. Um, what else? What do we like to do? We love going to the beach. We love going to the beach in, during the week when there's not many people around, and we get some of our best writing done while we're at the beach. And mm. let's see. I think that's probably about a good summary of, of what I'm like and what I'm up to. <laughs> How long have you lived in the U.S.? I I lived here. I moved here when I was like one and a half. So I've lived here for a long time. Um, but I did go back to England for about nine years, which is when I met my wife. I was going to say, you don't have a strong English accent. No. <laughs> I can pick it up on a word or two here or there. You know, Steve, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your business journey. How long have you been coaching and what really led you to get into it in the first place? Well, um, I was in the corporate world for a long time, uh, and this is when I was living in London, and was not satisfied, was not getting you know fulfilled in life by pursuing the corporate world, and ended up being on vacation in Lake Tahoe, of all places, and kind of went through a transformation and like... Uh, went to one part of the lake and, and, and there was only the two of us and I went in and it was just like someone whispered in my ear, like I should be a coach. Hmm. And it was like really kind of, to me, it was a very spiritual experience right. and came back from that, went back to, to where we were living in London and started researching coaching programs, found one I liked in San Diego you know, convenient that was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I flew out to San Diego for a while and started the coaching program, which then continued um, over the phone for like six months at one o'clock in the morning, my time. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was, a, it was definitely, you know, I definitely had to be motivated to do it. And I was, and that started, that was back in 2005 and that started my coaching journey. So after you got your certification, how did you go from getting a certification in coaching to then transitioning to helping writers? Ooh, okay. Well, 
well, I think I think probably like the majority of coaches fresh out of coaching school, it's like, oh yeah, I can help anybody. It's awesome, and I was really excited and really empowered by what I had learned and, and and discovered these new skills I didn't know I had and and doing all that. So really excited, and then it's like, okay, so I'm going to help everybody, and it's like, yeah, no one's looking for help from someone who wants to help everybody, <laughs> as we all know. Um, and so it was, it was a, it was a definitely a journey. It was definitely like, you know, at one point I walked away from coaching cause I just didn't, wasn't getting the relationships I wanted, wasn't getting the clients. I wasn't earning the money I wanted to earn. Um, so I went back to technology, which was what I was trained in originally. Um, but instead of doing it for somebody else, I was doing it for myself. And that, that started my journey of coming back to coaching you know, basically the long way around, um, figuring out what it was I liked, figuring out how I like to work people. And the coaching gave me that awareness, that self-awareness of how am I when I'm working with a client and what parts of that relationship actually energized me. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a big, a big, uh, a lesson for me was figuring that part out and saying, okay, you know what? I'm not just about, coding websites. I'm not just a code monkey. I actually want to help them with their business. I want to help them with their marketing. And and that's where I get passionate. And that's where I get energized is from giving them a, a, a different reality, giving them possibilities and opening their eyes to that. And so that's really where I figured that my coaching started to come back into my business. Mm-hmm. And along the way, it was like, okay, so what's one of the big questions I had coming out of coaching school was, well, what's the difference between coaching and consulting? Right. And I thought I knew the answer. And then working through this by myself over a number of years, and it's like, okay, yeah, now I know. Now I know. Like when I'm coaching somebody, helping them. I mean, my focus is 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 books, like you said, but it's my real focus is helping people grow their business. Mm-hmm. The book is just a way to get them there. Right. And so where my coaching comes into it is for me, the coaching is getting them to really, really dig down deep about what it is they like that they do mm-hmm. and why are they doing it and, and who are they trying to help and why they're trying to help them. That's where the coaching aspects comes in for me. And that's very much at the front of the process. And then later on, it's like, okay, so now I become a consultant because I've gone through the process of publishing a best-selling book and writing it and publishing it. So that's more the consulting. That's more, this is what you need to do. Do it in this order and you'll be good. Um, so that's kind of the journey of how it kind of, I mean, how I branched from where I, where, what I was doing with websites and getting into authors was Along somewhere along the way, I've noticed that the, like ninety percent of my clients were, were authors of some of some standing. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was like a former winner of The Biggest Loser on TV, or some pretty well-known internet marketers, or just just random people that you've never heard of, even that that had a book, and it was like I was helping them build the back-end systems that the book was helping them drive people to. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. that's so, kind of how I got there. 
Right. A lot of what you're talking about is, I mean, it feels like a lot of people's journey, you know, a lot of people really get this pull to go into coaching and, you know, they're not happy with what they're doing. They really want to just help people. And I really like what you're, what you were saying is that when you got started, you wanted to help everybody and you realized that nobody wants someone who can help everybody. No. And, <laughs> and I don't. think that that's, well, you know, I think that that's a really difficult thing to get around for a lot of people because people want to help everyone. They don't want to, I think it's a combination, you know, you want to be, supportive. You don't want to turn anyone away. And I think sometimes that's what it feels like. You know, well, if I choose a very narrow niche, I'm turning a lot of other people away and I don't want to do that. But it's also, I want to put myself out there as broadly as possible. So I have the most chance of getting people to come to me. And I guess it just really doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, I can give you another example, actually, because when I, when I started going back into coaching, it was my specialty, if I can call it that, was memberships. Mm -hmm. So I was building membership sites, basically back-end systems for people. Most of those people happen to be authors, but I was building membership sites. Well, memberships is a what. It's not a who. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when I was trying to market myself to help people with memberships, it's like, well, who can you help with memberships? Well, anybody. Right. So I kind of fell back into the thing, same thing that happened with the coaching. Right. And, and marketing mm -hmm. to anybody is really, really hard. Like, like, you know, I mean, like when I started, there was no Facebook, there was no Facebook ads, you mm -hmm. know, and then when I switched and, and suddenly realized that who I enjoyed working with the most was the authors. And when you try and do Facebook ads to a group of people that are definable, like authors, it's so much easier. Oh my God, it's so much easier. It's like with memberships, if I want to do Facebook ads, I'm like, well, who do I mark? Who do, who do I, what are their demographics? What are their attributes? I have no idea. No, I love that because it, it really makes sense when you think about it. If you're marketing to a what, it's it, that can just encompass anyone. But then mm -hmm. when you start to narrow it down and you figure out who it is, and it may be who it is that wants the what. But you have to get to that who. <laughs> you do. You have to. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was the biggest lesson I learned was mm. just find my who. <laughs> <laughs> well, listening to some of the tales that you've been telling already, it sounds like you had a lot of ups and downs. So can you talk to us about maybe a low point that you experienced when you were getting your coaching business going? Um. I guess there's, there's kind of two low points. There was a low point when I like walked away from coaching because I just didn't know what to do. Right. So that was a big low point. But the more recent low point was just actually like, uh, was about four years ago when I wrote my first book. My wife and I write together. So when I say I, it's us. But it, when we wrote our first book, mm -hmm. it was a complete and utter failure. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you know, I'm working with, we, we've been years working with all these authors, helping them make make loads and loads of money with the back end systems. I'm like, okay, so we'll write a book and we'll do the same for us. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> oh no. So the the first book was just a complete waste of time. It was a waste of money. Um it didn't get us it just it just didn't work. We picked mm -hmm. the wrong topic. Um yeah, it just it didn't work at all. And so that kind of like, okay, well we're not gonna do that then. You know, right. We just continued doing the membership stuff. 
Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But what we did do was we eventually came back to it like, I don't know, two years after the first book failed, we came back to authorship and started saying, okay, well, let's invest in it this time. So this time okay. we started investing in courses and programs and, and we hired a, we hired a coach. And so all of that helped us, um, get the knowledge and, and the experience that we needed to do the, basically the self publishing, write a book that people wanted and self publish it and then turn around and market it. Mm-hmm. And the second book was a lot better. Right. Um, but again, it was after we after we published the book, we realized that we'd written it for an audience we didn't care about. Okay, another learning experience. Yes. <laughs> so it was another tough lesson to learn. So, um, so we turned around and then started writing. I mean, we like immediately after we published this, we realized we were marketing it. And we had a lot of feedback from this particular audience, and we're like, "Why did we pick these people?" And um, so we're like, okay, yeah, so let's just zero in. So the, the third book was is zeroed in on authors, and it's like helping writers write better. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it uh, it was a, an all out success. So that was yeah. To answer your question, sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> the the low point um, was that first book and how how badly it failed. And it's like, oh, this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. Mm. Well, I actually really like that story because it, to me, it shows a couple of things that you sometimes have to fail before you can really get yourself into the right niche. You can't necessarily expect everything to be perfect every single time. No. And, and you can either give up or you can just kind of keep going. And even though the second book wasn't a failure, it still wasn't quite on the mark. But instead of saying, well, forget that and quitting coaching again or doing something completely different, you kind of you kept at it. And then the third time around, you finally found the right niche and the right topic and the right people and everything seemed to fall into place at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. Doing all of that. I mean, to me, the thought of writing three books before I got to the one that really worked. That's like a lot of really consistent action. That's a lot of things that you have to just be able to keep plugging along. So was that book kind of the tipping point? Or can you talk to us about a point when you felt like you were finally gaining momentum in your coaching? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, both of us, my wife and I both were very much, um, we're great at achieving things and getting things done and producing stuff. Um, our weakness has always been the marketing side. Mm. And so one of the, one of the ways that we overcame that was, was my wife decided to do one of these online summits around book marketing. And she didn't know anything about book marketing at the time, but it was like, well, this is a great opportunity to learn. So, I mean, that's one of the, one of our traits is we're always constantly learning. It's like, you know, I mean, I remember graduating from university thinking, okay, I'm never going back to school. I'm done right. with the learning. I hated it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's because I was learning stuff I had no interest in. And now it's like, oh, okay, cool. This, you know, marketing is cool. I like that. And, and, and it's just, it's, 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 it's a skill set that anybody can learn. And some people have a, a, a better starting point than others, but it's, you know, getting, getting that third book and getting it so successful. And it's like, 
that was the tipping point for us. I mean, that was, Mm -hmm. you know, we just, I mean, one way to describe us as a team is we're persistent, you know, and, but it's not like, you know, in the past I've been like, like when I was doing the coaching, it's like, I'm doing the same thing over and over and it's not working thinking, well, why isn't it working this time? Well, duh, you know, (laughs) you've got to change your perspective. You've got to change something for, to, Mm -hmm. to expect a different result. And yeah, now it's like, um, in constant learning mode and and observing and modeling what other people are doing and saying, oh, that's working for them in this market. How can that work for me in my mm-hmm. business? And yeah, so that tipping point is really giving us, it gave us so much momentum, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, is critical, um, you know, especially if you're working, you know, long hours and, and lots and lots of days and weekends, you know, right? having that momentum behind you and having a win is is critical you know and we didn't do it ourselves we got people to help us so i mean that was that was another thing that was different for us mm-hmm. so as you were going through that process of getting those three books written and published do you feel like going through that experience that you're now able to, I guess the the term is to fail faster. Does it feel like because you had those three instances where you created the book, you published the book, and then you had the learning experience that now you can go into things a little bit easier and and get to that success, even if you still make missteps? Oh, absolutely. And I think, I think the the skill set that I've slowly been learning is to do it faster and faster and faster. You know, and if, if it's, if it's self learning, if it's just trial and error kind of learning, then, then my lesson that, that I've come awareness of is put as little investment time and money into it as possible before I can test. Mm-hmm. You know, so if it's, if it's me trying to, to launch something new, get feedback from people, get how quickly can I get feedback from people before I will know if this is worth pursuing and investing more into. And one of the, one of the things I learned way back when, um, from an internet marketer that was, I was attending a course from was if you can sell something before you've made it, that's the best, best position you can be in because now you absolutely know that people are willing to pay for it because they've already paid for you, paid for Mm -hmm. it. And at the time I thought that I was the mindset I was in, I was thinking, Oh, that sounds really scammy. (laughs) Right. You know, but. That was just the perception I had at the time. And it's like, now that I've lived it and it's like, okay, now that's what I'm striving for. I'm, I know that when I do sell it and I sell something I haven't actually created yet, that I'm going to put even more energy and effort into making it an, you know, an awesome experience for people. So when you sell something that you haven't actually created yet, are you just selling the idea or are you actually selling the product and but you have figured out that it will take you a, a short amount of time to create that product if people actually buy? Or how does that process work? Um well there's kind of two different processes. Like like for products, um I mean the, the prime example is like Kickstarter, you know, doing a Kickstarter campaign. Those are people that are pretty much selling something that isn't ready to be delivered yet. Right. Um so for physical products, it, it's it's quite easy. Um, I don't have many physical. Well, I don't have many products. Let's say whether they're digital or physical um, mm-hmm. to sell at this point. I'm working on on more digital products. Um, 
that's one of our our annual goals this year is is to sell more digital products. Um, so depending on the nature of those products, you can sell them in advance. Um, but for services, services is probably the pretty is the easiest thing that you can do. And what I mean by that is, for example, um, one of the people I'm coaching right now is just launching their book. And what we suggested to them was do an upsell, get them onto your list, do an upsell to a, a, a course. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then their immediate response was, I don't have time to create the course right now. I'm like, you don't have to. You're just selling it. And the, the idea is you get them, you get people to sign up to it. When you have a certain amount of people, then you run the course, but you run it as a live like webinar series. Mm-hmm. Right. You record it, you know. And now you have your product Hmm. and everybody else after that then gets the recordings. So I mean, obviously you need to be ethical about that and change the language you're using to sell it because you can't say it's a live interactive event. Right. Now you're saying it's a pre-recorded course. Mm -hmm. Um, And how, you know, so doing something like that is, is, is what we've learned to implement. And now we're teaching our clients, our coaching clients to do the same thing. You know, you talked just a second ago about having an annual goal, uh, that that was one of the, the goals you'd set for yourself was the selling more of the digital products. Mm-hmm. So far, what would you say has been your favorite achievement in your business? Um, I think for us, it was, it wasn't necessarily the, the, the book that was, uh, was an international bestseller. It was what came from that. It was the fact that we sold over 50 live workshops with people that had read our book. Oh, nice. So that was like, you know, a massive income surge, Mm -hmm. you know, and these are the the thing that I suspected that if we did the book, if we could get the book right and get it positioned and get it written the right way, that it, it was a bestseller. My suspicion was that the people that read the book and then came to our business, came to our landing page and opted in and joined our list, those people from the book would be worth so much more than random people that we were doing Facebook ads to. Right. And we've proved that. Like, oh my gosh, is it a huge difference? So when you create something like that, are you, is, Unpack that just a little bit for me. Is the goal to get people to buy the book? Is the goal to get people to opt in once they buy the book? Do you, do you price the book low so people will buy it and then hopefully learn more about you and, and then come into other products or other services from, you know, a lower priced item like a book? That's a great question. That is, that's the right question because that's, that's the core of what we teach. And that is basically that your book is basically it's the entrance to your funnel. If you, if, if, if your audience knows what a funnel is or not, I'm not sure, but basically it's the entry point in, into your business and, and learning more about what to do and finding out what, how you can help people. Mm-hmm. And our, I mean, our book had, a, I mean, this might sound like a lot, but our book had 11 different opt-ins throughout oh. the book. And it's only a 150 page book. So that's, you know, like, like, like what every, every, nearly every 15 pages or just under mm-hmm. 15 pages, there's an opt-in and that might seem spammy, but the opt-ins weren't the same. It wasn't like, oh yes, buy my services or go to my website, you know, and it wasn't like that. It was mm-hmm. very much of at this part of the book, we're talking about um, whatever it was, whatever the right point was. And 
we would offer something to facilitate their growth at that point. Mm-hmm. So it might have been like a, it might have been a MP3 recording. Uh, it might have been a PDF. It might have been a workbook to go with the book. Um, you know, we had lots of different options. And w- the thing was, we tracked it all. We used tracking um, links and we tracked all of it. So we know exactly how people came into our lists from the book. We know what link they clicked in the book. Once they, once they got onto our list, we give them access to all of the opt-ins, uh, you know, magnets that they can mm-hmm. get from the book. So we know what they consumed once they got in, you know, cause we give them all 11 and we know, okay, this, these are our top three things that people want, mm. you know, and we're, we're basically segmenting everybody that reads our book. Right. Um, right. What you were saying about, you know, that 11 different opt-ins might sound spammy, but you know, it what it sounds like to me is like content upgrades, but for a book. Yeah, this is, yeah, that's what it is. So instead of just having one particular opt-in that you'd have on your website, your main opt-in, you would have a different opt-in on each blog post that related to that blog post, but you're just doing it in book form. Yeah. So that actually makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So after you get an international bestseller and after you create this business that helps people become authors and expand their business and you're coaching and you've got digital products, what are you creating next? What are you excited about doing next in your business? Um, well, as I said before, my wife and I love traveling. And one of the challenges I find as a coach is that one of the big things that sometimes can hold people back is their environment mm-hmm. because they're in a routine. You know, if they have a, a, a partner in life or they have kids or whatever, there's going to be a routine around that. There's going to be a routine around how they interact with people and their relationships and getting them out of that has the few times that we've done it. We've seen enormous breakthroughs. So where I want to go with this is I want to take our coaching somewhere else. I want to take our coaching like to the Caribbean mm-hmm. or, you know, someplace that's attractive for, for us. Cause you know, at this point I think, yeah, we've lived all over the place. We want to be someplace that we enjoy and we're going to be at our best at. So to us, it's like a tropical Island. Um, but good, taking clients there and doing a writing retreat, mm-hmm. writing retreat there, coaching, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, you know, our program is based around a two hour commitment a day. Um, oh. and it can even be less than that. Basically, it's two pages. If you can write two pages of your book a day, you're good. Okay. So how long it takes someone to write two pages? What, what do we find most of the time is people sit down the right and they end up writing 10 pages because they just get into flow mm-hmm. and they write. Um, but getting people out of their environment and getting them, you know, like to a Caribbean retreat and, and doing, you know, spending a good four or five hours a day either being coached or writing and then the rest of the time just enjoying yourself and just, you know, sitting in the sun or whatever. Um, <laughs> that's where I'm, where that's my next big goal for our business. Yeah. I love that idea of getting out of your environment and just getting out of the day to day, just the stuff that you're used to. Yeah. I agree. I think that makes a big difference. Uh, you know, that's why I can't remember the term now, but someone had told me that that's when they get ready to write a book, 
And this was a, another coach that did write books, I guess, for her coaching business for her clients. She said that she actually went and went away to a hotel. She was gone from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and she turned off everything, ordered room service, and all she did was she went out of her normal routine, went somewhere really nice, and knocked it out. Yeah. And I guess you can just really get a lot of work done when you purposefully put yourself into an environment that's conducive to no interruptions and a, a creative space. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Now, I'd like to move the conversation a little bit and talk about what's working right now in business. So one of the things that coaches love to talk about is how to make money. And coaches like to do everything from, I mean, I've talked to people who only do one-on-one -on -one clients. That's what they love. And I've talked to people who have 10 different income streams because they just love to create and they want to try a little bit of everything. So how are you generating revenue in your business? I think the big thing for us is because we're so specialized um, with with how we coach and what we coach on. It's it's a very specific result that we're coaching people towards, mm -hmm. which is you know becoming a best selling author, um, and it goes it goes on from there. Um, but because that is so specific, it gives us a lot of leeway with how we can structure our services that we provide people. So what we're doing right now is we have a four month program and you know, there's, there's a set fee for the four months. You, you, once the fee is paid, you know, we go on our way and we, and we, we work with you for four months. And, and if you don't get the result that you want in four months, we work with you up to another four months. So eight months uh, of two of us working with you. Um, some coaches might think, Oh wow, that sounds like a human, huge commitment. And you know, how can you afford to do such a long commitment with someone and, and, and be focused on that one specific result? And how that becomes profitable for us is because we, we break the four months down into basically months. So month one, month one is all around this activity and then two, three, and four. Um, so we can, we can have people coming into our program at any, any day. Right. Um, so they join the one month one group and they work through the process. So we're not actually doing um, like, let's say 75 individual coaching sessions. We've broken it down to where they are in the process. Cause we have such a well-defined process to take them through. Mm -hmm. We're like, okay, all the people that are here on the third week, we can talk to them today. You know, right. and, it, and it works that way because I mean, it is group coaching and there's also some one-on-one -on -one coaching involved with it as well. Mm -hmm. But it, it is very much, um, you know, it's, it's a high end package. It's, it's not something that you're going to go get for, you know, $75 kind of thing. It, it's, it's an experience and it's, it's more than coaching as far as I'm concerned, because it's not just advising them how, what they could do, what are the possibilities to grow your business. It's very much a specific outcome. And right. we know that if that is positioned correctly, how big of a difference that outcome would make for them. Right. You know, it's not just, I mean, because you talked before about book royalties and it's to us, the book for royalties that we've earned from our book, they go to marketing. Mm -hmm. That, that income goes to marketing. Um, and we look at it from the perspective of if I want to attract coaching clients and I can pay for Facebook ads, or I can write a book and put it on Amazon. 
and have people pay me to join my list. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying Amazon anything to be have my book on their website. Right. But I'm paying Facebook to have ads on their website. Um, and to be completely transparent, I get better leads from Amazon than I do from Facebook. Even with all of Facebook's so-called super niche demographics. Mm-hmm. You no. Know, no. I get a lot of freebie seekers from Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> So you may sort of have already answered the next question, but I'll ask it anyways. Most people really want tips and tricks on how to grow their business. So what would be a favorite strategy for bringing new clients into your business? Is it those Amazon readers? Books. Yay. It's books. <laughs> books. Write a book. Write two books. Write three books. But yeah, it, it's basically our favorite strategy is books. It's just, you know... um, I mean, we, we, we know we're not only helping people with this. We're, we're trying to be at the forefront of, of this marketplace in this industry. And the research that we're doing, it's the, the number of self-published books, uh, self-published authors selling on Amazon is increasing, mm-hmm. uh, compared to the top five traditional publishing houses, um, uh, like HarperCollins, for example. Um, the amount and that, that increase, you know, the number of books are increasing, the number of sales are increasing, and indie books, that's what they're called, independent published books, are already outselling um, traditionally published books. And that that difference is increasing. Um, so being being a self-published or indie published um, author is actually to an advantage for someone. And it's, it's way easier to achieve. You don't have mm-hmm. to go out and find a, a literary agent or a publicist and, you know, you don't have to deal with that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, it's now is the time more than ever in, before in history of being a self-published author and being an author because of the advantages you can do. And with a digital platform, um, it's, it's crazy. It's like something like 82% of all book sales in the U.S. are digital. Right. And I would believe that. Yeah. And it's like out of the 82%, it's like something like, 77, maybe 75, somewhere around there is Amazon. So is your recommendation that people just do digital or do you find that the the people that you work with, they do digital, but they also have physical books that they can use in their business as well? Totally do both. Um, Mm -hmm. We do both. I mean, we teach people to do both. Um, We do, we do what's called print on demand publishing for paperback. Mm-hmm. And so we advise people to, to use create space or one of the other options out there, um, to do a, uh, to get basically get their digital book into a paperback format. Um, right. So yeah, it's, is the idea that the book is more of a publicity tool? I mean, that's, that may not be the exact right way of putting it, but. Is the idea, you know, to take that book to speaking engagements or to give that book to, to coaches or to give it to friends? And then that's just a way to to broaden your reach and to, to be the expert and to let people know about you? Um, yes and no. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely something that if if you've written the right topic, if you've written about the right topic for your book, then right. it's going to showcase you as an expert. Um, And that's obviously something that we didn't do with our first book. That was one of the things we failed on utterly with our first book. We didn't write, write it in a way that positioned ourselves as experts. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one of the big things with it, but it's really to us, it's a tool. It's out there um, as a tool forevermore. And it's, 
it's acting as a lead magnet, but people have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So when we are, the price of our book varies. Um, it varies from anywhere from 99 cents to 499 for the digital Kindle version. Mm-hmm. And even at 99 cents, to me, that's better than doing any other opt-in. Right. Um, I mean, I'm looking like, we, you know, we used to do pay-per-click on Google. We used to do Facebook ads and all that stuff is fine. But if you go to Amazon, Amazon is the fourth largest search engine in the world, but it's the largest search engine for buyers. Mm-hmm. Everybody on Amazon is looking to buy something. Right. You know, I know, I know there are free books that you can download, but people are just inundated with free books. And that's one, you know, one of the things that we advise our clients on about pricing and, and, and how to price it. But if you look at the book as a, a, the ultimate lead magnet, because if someone reads your book, they're going to hopefully agree with what you said. They're going to learn something. You're going to, you're going to now appear in their eyes as someone who knows what they're talking about. Right. And that's com- coming back to coaches specifically. The coaches have to have a specialty. I talked to a new coach the other day on the phone and they were really excited and, and they were like, oh yeah, my business is growing. I'm getting more and more clients. And what I found out was, oh, they're really like charging like dirt cheap rates mm-hmm. and they have no specialty. Right. So it's like, I couldn't help them write a book. They have no ah. specialty. How do I, how do I help them write a book? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, sure. That makes sense. So knowing everything that you know now about building up a successful business, what would you say is the first step that a brand new coach should take if they're serious about growing a successful coaching business? They, that's a great question. I would say they have to be crystal clear on, on what it is they're helping their clients with. So, for example, let's say they're a relationship coach and they help couples who are, you know, having relationship issues. That's a, that's a great specialty. But what is my question to them would be, what's their, I would call it their point of view. Um, mm-hmm. what is their positioning statement around that? Are they the coach that saved marriages? Are they the, are they the coach that, um, creates awesome relationships? There's, there's definitely, loads of different ways that they could be positioned around that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could, they could even be more specific with that problem. What types of couples right. do they work with? Um, is there an age different? You know, is there, are they working with older couples, younger couples, mixed race, you know, all the different demographics around those amount around that mm-hmm. would all help provide clarity for, their audience and it would help them stand out in a, in a Amazon marketplace with 6 million books in it. Right. And I guess it goes back to the idea of if you're specific, you can help a lot of people, but if you're very specific, you can help a lot of people and charge a lot of money to do it. Getting into that idea of you don't necessarily need hundreds of people that want your specific expertise, if you are very specific, you're going to be in demand and you can charge more so you can work with fewer people and give them even more of your attention. Exactly. And that these hopefully are the people that you are most passionate about working with. Mm -hmm. So your fulfillment goes up, your energy goes up, you know, everything goes up. Um, I think, I think 
I'm, I'm going to share with you, Millette, um, something I've been formulating for a while now. I call it my tree theory. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you think of the roots of a, a huge oak tree, um, the roots are all your life experience and everything that you've done. Your trunk, the trunk of the tree is the problem that you help your clients solve. Right. You've got to nurture that. You've got to focus solely on that. Once you've, once you've identified that problem and you're, and you're focused solely on that, things will start to grow. So the trunk grows up. Only once you're successful in that one thing should you start branching out. <laughs> and yes, that is an intended pun. Once you are successful, then you branch out and then you can say, okay, now I'm helping. Um, if you were helping young couples with, with just who, newlyweds who just got married with their relationship issues, now you can help other people with their relationship mm-hmm. issues and have a different branch in your specialty for that. So that's what I refer to as my tree theory. Yeah, that's, that's really good. And it makes a lot of sense because once you get really good at one thing, and I think that we can look at a lot of different aspects of our business that way. You know, it's sort of like, you don't want to try to learn or be on every single social media platform all at once because mm-hmm. you're going to go crazy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, focus on one thing, get that down and then add another in. Focus on one niche and then when you really get good at that and you're, you're earning a living at that, then you can sort of dip your toe in, in the water and try other things and bring in, you know, more, uh, I guess a broader audience. Absolutely. Very cool. Steve, this has been so good. I really learned a lot. I mean, I especially love talking about all those opt-ins in your book. That's given me a lot of good ideas. (laughs) So we're going to, yeah, we're going to finish up with the final five rapid fire questions. Cool. So what is one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? Ooh. um, Okay. Uh, A client, client once told me this. He said the thing that he valued most about me was that I didn't just have tech knowledge that I I could be, I was able to relate tech to marketing and to business. Mm, that's so good. So it's like the business marketing tech bridge. Nice. What is one quality that you feel every successful coach needs to develop? Um, I don't know. Listening between the lines. Mm. Recommend one book that's had a big impact either on your business or on your life. Okay, so other than my book, that was a bestseller, <laughs> I would say The Power of Now. Mm, good one. Give us one online resource that you think coaches would love to use in their business and that you couldn't do business without. For me, that's active campaign, email marketing. Nice. Finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? What social platforms are you on and what's your website? Well, my website is bookmasteryacademy.com. And I am on Facebook most, uh, and I am on LinkedIn. Um, okay. Not so active on LinkedIn, more active on Facebook. But yeah, check out bookmasteryacademy.com. Nice. Well, I'll be sure to get all of those links and the recommendations onto the show notes page. This has been a great conversation, Steve. I want to thank you again so much for joining me today. Great. Thank you, Millet. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. From August the 10th to the 20th of 2017, I'm joining forces with business coach Kay Sanders from episode 28, along with over 25 other industry experts to help you kickstart your business success. Are you stuck in your business and wondering how to move forward? Go to unstoppablecoach.co slash kickstart to learn more. 
We've put together over 25 amazing resources, ebooks, e-courses, PDFs, reports, MP3s, tools, techniques, and strategies just for you. Learn how to profit from podcasting. That one's mine. How to grow your business without a big list. How to increase your vibration to increase your impact. The golden rule of wealth creation. And pitch to profit speakers toolkit just to name a few. Choose one or all of these freebies. Go to unstoppablecoach.co slash kickstart for more information.